Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm joined by Sunday Mail's Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. And I'm delighted to say that today we also have a very special guest on the show and former Rangers striker Gordon Smith. Gordon, of course, spent three years at Ibrooks, where he was a treble winner, scored the winner against Celtic in the 1978 League Cup final. Gordon stayed in football after hanging up his boots and joined a career as an agent, pundit, stint as a director of football at Rangers and SFA chief executive. Is there anything you didn't do, Gordon? I don't know if I missed anything there. Well, <laughs> I was. I must say, yeah, I was. More, I was midfield player at Rangers, not a striker. Sorry, midfielder. Sorry, man. Midfielder. Yeah. Apart sorry. from that, and rights. You know. It was. It was before my time, Gordon. <laughs> You're showing your age, but, but there's certainly no nobody's bad midfielder or striker. There's certainly nobody better qualified to reflect on the historic achievement at the weekend of Stephen Gerrard's side, completing an unbeaten league campaign to win their first Scottish Premiership in a decade. First of all, Gordon, thanks for joining us. And how's things with yourself? Great, guys. Yeah, pleasure to be on. And uh, it's good to see you both because we haven't seen each other for quite some time because of the lockdown. But uh, finally, you know, I'm doing a lot of walking these days. I'm walking about. Everybody's getting to tell me I'm, I'm looking too thin because I've done <laughs> much walking about. But I like to be told that. Nobody ever tells you. They don't like to tell you when they're fat, but they don't mind telling you when you're too thin. <laughs> hey, they tell me and Scott often enough. Exactly. <laughs> I wish it's a long time since somebody said I was too thin. <laughs> but Gordon, obviously, I mean, you, you had a career playing career spanning nearly 20 years. So, I mean, I mean, just first of all, you know, some of the achievement of, of this Rangers squad you know, this season, just to go an entire season unbeaten. I mean, I mean, how big is that? Uh, it's very special. I'll, I'll tell you why. You put it in perspective. This was a Celtic team this year that came into this season off the back of nine league championships. They mm-hmm. had four you know, quadruple trebles sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and the actual discussion at the beginning of the season was, can Rangers challenge this year? That's mm-hmm. what most people were talking about. Could they challenge? I actually did say that I think that I think they're going to be challenging this year. Now, that, that didn't work out at all. It wasn't even a challenge because they just walked away with it. And it was absolutely incredible, the season that Rangers had. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they don't see the fact, even, even the year I won the treble with Rangers, my first season at the club, we lost some league games. Because it's very, very hard to be that level of consistency right throughout the season. And yet this year, Rangers there with, you, know, you look at the record, over 100 points gained, no mm-hmm. defeat, and 25 points clear at the top. It's been mm-hmm. a fantastic season, and I think they deserve all the credit for that. Yeah, I mean, obviously the achievement in itself in isolation is massive. But the second part of this is when you consider where the club has come from. I mean, Alan McCoyce was on Sky Sports duty uh, on uh, Saturday talking about the emotion of it all because he was obviously in charge during those darkest days. And you were also in there at that time. That was when you had your kind of director of football road. Does that make it harder to believe when you think of where they have come from? Yeah, it definitely has because, I mean, it was such a downside. I was there six months and and I I decided to take it. I look back now, I do regret it, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because... I didn't know where it was going. I thought I was in there to do a, a job. I thought the club was going to go forward. Craig White, had, I'd never met him before until he, he asked to see me and I, I gave him some ideas. Then he, he, I, I had suggested a director of football and then he offered me the job. I mm-hmm. took about six months and I couldn't get doing my job properly because you know he had all sort of other problems. I hardly saw him. So I, I do regret that. But you can see then from that moment on, the club were on a downward spiral in terms of the players that went away 
they get put down into League Two and they had to fight their way back up through the different divisions. So from that point of view, I mean, I know that's a, people devalue that and, and it, you know, greatly so in a lot of respects, the actual um, Celtics, like nine in a row, saying like, well, you know, the, the only challenge that Celtic or Rangers do get at the top of the league is from one or the other. So, you know, that without Rangers being there, Celtic did not have a challenge in the mm-hmm. top division for about five years. So from that point of view, then, you know, that, that's why, you know, a lot of people do devalue that they're nine in a row. But nevertheless, Rangers had to fight their way back. They had different managers in charge and they've had to, you know, strengthen the team as they go along. Stephen Gerrard came in and, you know, it was, it was going to be a tough job. His first big job in football, to be fair, as a, as a manager, but the thing is, he's play, he's played at the highest level, and the people I know him had told me when when he, when he came into the job, people who had played along with him, know him quite well, said he's a strong character. He really is. He's dedicated to what he does. He knows the game very well, and he'll get the best out of players. He knows how to deal with that. As a captain, he was like that. So that he came in there, and and it's lead, that leadership is is really crucial in terms of taking Rangers forward and he has built the team and then to go from two seasons second season you know they, they, they fell away a little bit last year as we know after the, the winter break when they were looking like really as if they were going to challenge last season and yeah. then season they've come out and been so consistent so he's done a fantastic job he'll want to keep building because he will be looking at it just now guys and thinking if we don't build here at Celtic we'll have a new manager coming in they'll be and new players they were looking to get to get a real jolt in terms of saying right this has been a disastrous season we need to get up there challenging now so he'll want to strengthen again I think Stephen and take the team to another level well that was the thing immediately after the game I mean his interview sitting in the stand he said he said I'd a really I've had a really interesting conversation with the board and that they're ready to back him he said so you know it was it was interesting he was straight on to that you know the full time whistle had barely blown and he's already talking about what do you think they need to get into the Champions League proper and to improve for this inevitable strength, stronger Celtic? Yeah, you need you need to look at the the what your your squad is in terms of the challenge. You need to have a player. Basically, what you what you want is a player who can challenge for each position, so that the guy who's in the team knows he has to play well uh, to to keep his place. Because if you don't have that, players can drop off in terms of form. If they're not really being challenged, you know, it's quite simple. I'll play every week, so I don't need to be my best all the time and, and they can drop off. Whereas if you've got a real challenge, then you need that. Now, in terms of that, that's why it's been fantastic. Young Nathan Patterson has come in there, you know, and, and Tavernier has had a fantastic season this year. This is probably his best season for Rangers. Captain mm-hmm. team. And yet all of a sudden, he's now got a challenge for his position, which is fantastic. So, Golson's played regularly, but, you know, you've had Holanda there. It'll be good if Katic is fit again. They might not look to bring in another centre-back. Barisic is there. They've got cover at left-back too, sort of thing. But I think the main thing, I think what they might look for, although they've got a few in place, they might still look for another striker because Jermaine Defoe is the best striker at the club, in my opinion. But he's 39 years old. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, he's not been playing regularly and that's obviously just down to his age. And they maybe need to try and get somebody of that sort of quality who is regularly going to be challenging for a position and yeah. challenging for play. So I think that would be the, the one. I don't think they need to buy too many more unless they look at the same scenario for Stephen Davis because of the fact that of his age too, because yeah. he's, he's outstanding. And to find a player like that, who I, I call them continuity players, guys, and I'll, tell you, I'll explain what that is, is somebody who's always available to, to take the ball. You watch Stephen Davis play, when the team's in possession of the ball, he's the man that's actually there all the time for them to an outlet to get right. 
or whether it's at the back or a striker or whatever, that's a fantastic role to play. Guys that do that well don't get the appreciation at times, but he's also defensively, he's excellent, passes the ball well, and he can score goals as we saw in that uh, the final game there against Celtic. But I think that, you know, from that point of view, they might be looking to replace, find somebody of quality to, to replace him too. So that they're, they're the kind of key positions through the central part of the team. Yeah, so a younger Defoe, a younger Davis, um, so do you think Defoe might move on? Because, I mean, he's not, I mean, Davis has signed another year, but Defoe yeah. hasn't yet. Would you think Defoe would maybe move on and they'll bring somebody of that ilk in, but younger? It's possibly. They might, they might keep him on there and say, well, right. if, the, if the new guy they signed doesn't have that, that's that quality, then at least they've got Defoe, which is happening at the moment, they're bringing him on as a substitute. So mm-hmm. They're giving him a bit of time, but he's not starting games, right? But you maybe want to have somebody who actually was, is going to be of a quality that's going to start games when the, the, the time comes. I know young Wrights come in there now. They've got Itton there as well, who maybe can improve a bit. I think he's still to show his best form. Roof's there too, who has shown a bit of form too, you know, and he's been challenging Morelis. But I still think that in terms of finding somebody of Defoe's quality, that's going to take a bit of money. Yeah, and they've signed Fashion Sakala, but by all accounts, from what, what we can gather, is he is also somebody who's a bit of a rough diamond and needs, you know, he needs a bit of work, you know, a work in progress, so he's not going to go straight into the team. But, yeah. do you, but do you think they will keep Morelos? I don't know. I, I think, I'll be honest, he's, he's done pretty well, but in terms of all the money they've been talking about, if it was me who was making the decision, I, I would sell him. Yeah. I, would, I would take the money if I could. How much? Hard to say. I mean, I'd heard they, t- they had turned about, done about eighteen million pounds from uh-huh. uh, last season, but the beginning of the season or something. So I was quite surprised at that. They said that somebody told me that the, they turned it down because they were negotiating. They thought they could get it up to twenty or whatever it was, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But the thing about it is, I think he, he's 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 done a reasonable job, but he's he's inconsistent in a lot of respects. You know, he still for me, he still needs uh, to come on a little bit, and he needs to be more consistent in terms of the role he plays. But he's done a he's done a fair job to be fair, but I still think that you know that Defoe is a better player if he was younger. Yeah. So if you could take twenty for Morelos, you would take that and then just reinvest it in another couple of strikers. Yes, I would definitely would. I definitely would use the money to to buy another striker. Even in the English game, if you, you're not going to buy a top striker even for twenty million in England. You know that's that's the bottom line. You're going to have to see the scouting has to be the fact that they're going to have to find somebody who is on the up up and up and somebody who's improving all the time. I was once in a scout, I'll tell you a good story, guys. I was once in a scouting course, and the guy uh, who was doing the, the main scouting lecture showed me a report he'd done on a player. He was scouting for a, a championship club, and he gave them a report, and he said, I think this boy, this boy's playing non-league. He says, I think this boy could play in the championship. And the, and the, 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 the manager and the different people looked at it and said, no, it's too big a step up for him. No, we're not having him. It was uh, Jamie Vardy was the name, or it was the... Uh, <laughs> no, Jimmy Vardy was not good. Was not good enough for the championship for this club. And the, the guy showed me his report on him, saying this boy is more than than the level he's playing at. Right. So it just shows you it's not always easy and to 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 put players forward, and you don't even know at times who's going to be able to play at the highest level. Yeah. Goldson, Hollander. Uh, I mean, Goldson. No, I mean, he, unbelievable um, consistency from him to play over five thousand minutes at every second of the of the campaign, and that is unbelievable. He's another one. Tavernier has signed a new deal, but Goldson, Hollander, and Barisic are ones because I mean, inevitably, the model that Rangers are going to have to have is they're going to have to sell players. They can't keep them all the time. They're going yeah. to have to sell. Um, so, I mean, do you think any of these? 
three could go. What do you think of Jack Simpson on the early evidence? Can he step up? George Edmondson's returning. How do you think they're defensively? I, I like I liked Edmondson when he was in the team. I really did. You know, but the funny thing was uh, the one the, the signing that did surprise me was Simpson. To be honest with you, because when I heard about him, I checked up, and he and in Bournemouth, he'd been at Bournemouth for six years, mm-hmm. and he's twenty four years of age. And I checked, and he played. He'd started twelve games for Bournemouth mm-hmm. in six seasons. Now that was quite a shock for me to think that Rangers would be interested in somebody who had been at a club and could not get a game. You're always looking for somebody who's a regular player. Now, the scouting staff might have looked at him and thought, he can improve, he can go to higher level. But mm-hmm. even so far, in terms of the games I've watched, I've still not been highly impressed by him yet. Maybe he's got more to offer than what he's shown. It might take a little bit of time to adjust because it's not an easy thing to play for a big club. When you go to a big club, as I said before, I remember Jock Wallace saying to me, uh, just when I signed, he said, he says, I think you can do a job here, son, but let me tell you this. He says, it's not about ability playing for Rangers. It's about ability plus character. You need both to play here. That's what he said. And it's it's such a true thing because not everybody with their ability actually makes it at Rangers. Yeah, and the character's one thing Alan McGregor's got. Um, oh, he's, he's been so, I mean, they're, they're, they're well covered in, in the goalkeeping department. I don't think yeah. there'll be no changes there, will he's no, been... I don't think so. I think Alan McGregor's, you know, even though his age, he's a good age as well, Alan McGregor. What's he, 37, is he? You know, he's 39, I think. Is he? He's 39, yeah. Oh, yes, that's right, 39. So, I mean, he's amazing for his age. I mean, goalkeepers can get away with it a bit more, but he's still... Yeah very agile and, and you know, he, he does a terrific job. No doubt about that. He's had a fantastic season. So he, he's, I don't think there's any problem about keeping him on. Yeah. When you've been looking around there and you hear from your contacts, you know, still in the game, is, is there anybody out there either in Scotland or abroad? Is there anybody you think Rangers could be looking at and, you know, getting, is there any names that you hear out there? There's not, there's not really. I've not, nobody's, nobody's really put forward MD that said, or oh, this player would be good, worth looking at. I, I watch it. I don't know whether it's, there's a few games I watch first uh, League One games down in England, and and there are quite a few players stand out, and they might be that might be a level whereby it looks a lot like lower than the than the Premiership quality and value, but there might be players there who are coming through who could just be that. It could be another Jamie Vardy could be down there. Do you know what I mean? They're they're yeah. always opportunity that maybe you can find somebody at a lower level who can step up I mean the boy Wright's a good example even at Aberdeen that yeah. he'll come through Yeah and Scott I suppose what Gordon's uh, I mean he's, he's hit the nail on the head there because when you think of somebody like Joe Aribo I mean Joe Aribo it was League One wasn't it I know they got in the Championship his final season am I right in saying that yeah, they yeah. Won the playoff, but, but Joe Aribo is a prime example of somebody you know from Charlton and he's just he's great value for money Oh, 100%. Especially taking advantage of the you know, the cross-border rules when you get a guy who's out of contract and you can get him, get him from England for, I mean, I think Rangers maybe paid, what, 300, 350 grand for yeah. Aribo. Unbelievable business when you consider what they could probably sell him for uh, in a year or two. Um, and listen, Morelos, you're talking about rough diamonds. I mean, Morelos is the is the prime example, you know, playing in the Finnish league. No one knew much about him. Um, obviously, Jonathan Johansson was at Rangers at the time and knew the player. <clears throat> that probably had a big, uh, he probably had a big influence in him in going there. But you know, Gordon's talking about 18, 20 million for a guy that you paid 1 million for. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, talk, when you talk about transfer models <clears throat> and where Rangers want to get to as a club, um, you know, to do that regularly, you know, we buy guys for those kind of prices, you know, get 
a real tune out of them for you no know, two, three, four years, and then you no know, move them on for for big money. That that has to be the way forward for the club. I think everyone everyone accepts that. And for that point of view, I think it's going to be a really interesting summer. You know, when you think of the Euros happening, guys like Kamara, Barisic, Helander, they're all going to be there. You know, if these guys have have good tournaments, I think there's going to be major interest in them. That's why it's really difficult to you know, to look at the Rangers squad now and see what they can make up is going to be like because I think it's so dependent on on players going out. Scott, you're making a good point. I think what will happen is uh, these players, as you say, who have maybe created a bit of interest at the moment will be be getting looked at because what they'll say is, let's see how they perform at the highest level, the international level, come the summer. And then maybe, as you say, the likes of Barisic and and Kamara and all that, they they could be ones that people say, yes, this guy can play at the highest level because we're now seeing him at international level and we know that he can handle that. That's, That's a good point. It's yeah. a catch twenty two, isn't it? But for Steven Gerrard, because he wants to strengthen, but I mean, he's got he, he's got to also accept that the club's got to balance the books as well. It's it's about that balancing act, you know, getting into the Champions League with your best squad, but 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 raising finances as well. So I suppose maybe you've answered it in saying Morelos. You said Morelos would maybe go for twenty, but is there anybody else? I mean, would you sacrifice Kamara? if you were getting a big fee for him? Or? I've, I've said before, Gav, I mean, Morelos, I agree with Gordon. If I got that kind of money for Morelos, I would. Mm. I think Rangers need to, uh, need to go for it and need to sell him. You consider the value they've got out of him you know, for what they paid. He would be the one. You know, they've got good cover there and Roof and Itton. Um, Stakala's coming in as well. I, I think mm. he would still be the one that they would look to try and move on. But I think of the others... Barisic and, and Kamara would probably be the two for me. Um, when you, I think with Kamara, it's because he'll feel as if they've got decent cover in midfield at the moment. I know they've had a few injuries recently, but they've got decent cover in there. And as much as I love Kamara as a player, no, they paid fifty grand for him. They, they will feel that no, if they can get no, who knows upwards of. No, seven, eight million pounds from him. What about a business that would be? And it's probably the type that they look at and think, no, we could go and get, no, we could go and get another similar type of type of player um, for less for less money. And with Barisic, it's maybe just his age. I mean, I think he's late twenties now. Again, they've had a really good return for their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Croatian international. There's a no. There's a kind of prime time to sell players, and I think. Barisic might be coming into that coming into that time, especially with the Euros coming up. Um, I know they've only really got get Calvin Bassey there, who's still a young, you know, developing player. But depending on the money involved, I think I think of all the players, Morelos, Kamara, and Barisic would be the would be the three that if there's serious bids come in, Rangers Rangers would look at it. Yeah. Just to take you back a wee bit there, Gordon, um, Ali McCoy was talking about like there was players, he says that Rangers, he says, well, due respect, they'd have been nowhere near Rangers if it wasn't for the fact that we're playing in League One and they'd gone through, you know, what they had gone through. I mean, even in that six months that you were there during those dark days, was there a moment that, that made you, I mean, I know, like for example, me and Scott covered that Sterling Albion Rangers game where Rangers lost to Sterling Albion, but was there a moment for you that summed up how far Rangers had fallen where you thought, I can't believe, you know, you'd played in the European Cup for Rangers, did you think? I can't believe the club is like this now, a game or just a moment maybe in the office? Yeah, I think there was, I mean, I, I'd left, they were still in the Premier League when I, I was out the club. That was the final. Of course. That was when I was there. So I, I never saw them 
apart from I did see matches after that sort of thing, and I just thought the the, the quality wasn't there. But it's quite funny because I did I once did a a, a a coverage of a Queens Park versus Rangers match, and I actually said during the commentary of the game, I says I can't believe Rangers haven't moved for the Queens Park left back. This is the third time. <laughs> Andy Ro- Andy Robertson, right? That's right. I could see it, and I I, I said in the commentary, I said this this boy is uh, def- Rangers should be interested in this boy because he was outstanding, right? Yeah. Because no, what it was, I think the mentality was he's just a, a League Two player. You know, yeah. it can't go any further, and that's why I'm saying it's got you've got a, a, a identification, and 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 when you're a scout or MD, you're seeing players, you got to go. This boy actually could go to another level, and that's what that's what Rangers need to look at now because they say that the you know they won't have the money they kept, they won't have the fortunes to spend, but nevertheless, if you if you spend the money correctly, as Scott mentioned already, that you know getting in Morelos for the money they got him in from Finland. There could be other players there. Jonathan Hansen might be able to help with that as well. And, you know, you're looking at Kamara, who's also from Finland as well, but £50,000 to get a player of his ability is unbelievable. That, that, that's proof. I mean, you mentioned Aribo, but you're right, Gordon. I mean, Kamara for that month, that does prove that there are gems out there. You know, a guy that came through Arsenal's system, you know, he floats about in English lower leagues for a while. He, he ends up you know, turning up at Dundee. To get a guy like that for fifty grand, I mean, if ever there was a there was an example of you no know, real diamonds out there, if as you say you're scouting and your recruitment is done properly, then he's he's the perfect example. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's right. I mean, the other the other side of it was was like Sir Golson. I mean, Golson wasn't getting a game at Brighton. Oh, yeah, he, he wasn't getting a game. I know he had problems there as well, didn't he? An illness problem, I think, as well. Yeah. But he he was not getting a game, and I think that might be one of the things that would hold him back for going back for him going back down to England he's had an outstanding season but you know yeah. what, what it's like a lot of scouts look at that and think well he's been down here already didn't quite make it so they, they might just think no he's not worth that kind of money but when we see him maybe if he if he continues to play like he's been doing when Rangers are in the Champions League this season then a lot of people might begin to look at it down south and say this guy has come on this guy is now an outstanding centre-back sort of thing. because he's played as you say I think he's played every game hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, look, look at Tavernier. Tavernier cost two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Tavernier at the moment, no, maybe hasn't got a great sell-on value just as again because he's approaching thirty and not. He's obviously signed another another deal with Rangers, but I mean, again, to go and get a right back who's become a title-winning captain, whose numbers are off the scale this season in terms of you no know, goals and assists, you no know, the yeah. clubs. Top scorer in all competitions. So again, it proves. You no, know, we keep talking about it most weeks on here. Recruitment now is absolutely, absolutely key. And to be fair to Rangers, you no, know, as, as much as there's still a few where the jury's out, I agree with Godman Jack Simpson. I feel you know, exactly the same. I think he's got it all to prove. But you no, know, I'm willing to give him a pre-season. It's maybe been difficult at the time he came in. I think no, we need to kind uh, of make a judgment on him at the start of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Katic, how where's Katic these days? Is he getting fitter again? Is he going to be back? Seems to be back running. No, not, not full training yet. But seems to be back running. I seen pictures of him kicking a ball at training the other day. So, I mean, he's another one that will come into that will come into contention. Um, so, as I say, as much as no, the jury's still out. I think there's been. In terms of recruitment, Rangers fans can have no real complaints as yet. But you think even even somebody like Balligan who came in last year, you no, know, for very little, you no, 
money. Um, I'm not saying he's the best, best centre back. Yeah, I'm not saying he's the best centre back at the club. But you know, what a job he did for Rangers. When, I, when, was, when, I liked him. I actually yeah. liked. Him. Well, I thought he did a very good job. Yeah, yeah. Free transfer as well. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, I mean, you could see, you could see after the game just what it meant to everyone. You know, you could see Stephen Gerrard, you could see Tavernier, you know, the players. You, you could just, you could see what it meant. You know, the fans have obviously waited such a long time, and it was just, it was a strange day because, you know, they're celebrating such a big moment. They can't get in. They're locked out. You know, you've got, you've still got the middle of the pandemic, but unfortunately. You know that there have been headlines in the front page as well as the back pages because of this. What went on in the Saturday night, the kind of late night carnage in, in George Square, has led to fierce criticism from police, government, football authorities. The club came out yesterday with a statement of not their own. They said a small minority damaged the club's name. I mean, you've probably seen some of the footage. Well, you will have seen the footage. I mean, there's various clips. Yeah. About. I mean, I mean, can you understand? at all fans want to go out and fight with each other I mean to celebrate a, a moment like that that's the thing that you can't understand for a start fight with each other I no, mean, of course you can't but unfortunately these incidents are you no know, always alcohol fueled Gav we, we know that we've, you know, we've lived in Glasgow all our lives we know that you, know, you put big crowds together um especially after everything we've been through, especially, as you say, locked out of the, the stadium. I always felt there was uh, potential for um, for kind of ugly, ugly scenes on Saturday night. And I feel, I feel sorry for Rangers as a club because I don't think there's much more they could have done about it. Um, I don't think it's fair that it's been kind of left at their door um, when you're talking about you know, thugs, basically, um, who... No, most of them might might not have been to a Rangers game or probably have they been to a Rangers game in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel for the I feel for the no the norm don't say normal, I feel for real Rangers supporters yeah. who celebrated properly. I don't doubt there was you no know, loads of them did go out in the to the streets on Saturday night but behaved appropriately. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I mean some of it listen, any, no reasonable person can look at those some of those scenes, some of those videos, and say they were anything other than, than disgraceful and you know, embarrassing for real Rangers fans and for the and for the club. Um, was I surprised by them? No, really, and that's probably the saddest thing about it. But as I say, well, I've lived in this city long enough. You no, know, been involved with the old firm. You no, know, long enough. I've been in away trips with both. All firm clubs. I've seen trouble. I've seen violence. You know, you see alcoholism. All of these things. Um, really, really unfortunate. And it, it has. There's no doubt. It's. It has put a bit of a. You know, a bit of a stain on the. You know, what should have been a really momentous uh, weekend and celebration for them. Separately, I mean, and another one then came out this morning because with this footage yesterday of. Um, the camera footage of the, of the Rangers players and police say that they're investigating claims that yeah, at the post-match party, I would say they were using sectarian language while singing the, the, the Sweet Caroline it was. Now, there's more than a, this is This is different. There's more than a bit of jubiety over the validity of this clip. Um, I think there's various going, ones going around, but I mean, I listened before I come on to the different ones that I can see uh, on the on the on social media, but it seems inconclusive from, from what I can gather. I mean, what did you think at first when you saw it and when you heard it? 
Um, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the video that I seen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, it was quite clear that you know, the players and staff in the video were just were singing the song. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any of the words that they've been accused of singing. And you're right, this is a separate instant, and this. Um, I think it's been really unfair on Stephen Gerrard and the players involved and the people at the club who were who were there that night. Um, I'm not sure where it's come from. Uh, I almost had to do a double take when I heard that the police were actually investigating it. I thought that was incredible. I think Rangers, as a club, I think they've put out a statement saying they're already seeking legal advice, which doesn't uh, doesn't surprise me. And listen, fundamentally. What astonishes me the most, I mean, you've got a group of Rangers players, many of whom are Catholics themselves. Even mm-hmm. Gerard, the manager, who you know, isn't interested in any of that religious nonsense. Mm-hmm. No. So his own child, I think, his own, his own daughter is uh, is called Lourdes. Um, Ross Wilson was there in the video. I've seen other staff there in the video, you no know, professional people. How any reasonable person can honestly believe that no, they were standing back listening to a group of players singing about hope is just I, I can't get my head around that and I, I can't get my head around um no how long this has ran for in terms of the last few days, how much legs it's picked up, how much coverage it's had. Um I think there's gonna be gonna be repercussions. I'd be amazed if Rangers don't uh, hit back at it. I'd be amazed if there aren't apologies coming from maybe even police, maybe Scottish government as well. You no, know, several MSPs have also chipped in. So no, aside from the the scenes from George Square in the city centre, that this isolated incident was you no know, the, the reaction has been way over the way over the top to something I don't even think existed. I don't think it was there in the first place. Well I was astonished by the fact that, you know, if, if they really were singing the words that people are accusing them of who, who, it must have been somebody related to the club that's filmed this and yeah. put it out on social media. Now, why exactly. would somebody put it out on social media if they were part of it and realised what was going on? What was what was the, what would be the point of that? You know, they the, the, the must have realised they would surely realise the problems they were going to cause for the for the club. I think I'm right in saying Rangers. No, Rangers. Communications director PR man was in there as well. As Gordon says, I mean, as if as if he would be allowing videos to be to be taken of that, you no, know, knowing the risks involved with, with video cameras and, and stuff. I just find it astonishing uh, that it's that it's got to this point. As I say, when I when I heard the the video, I don't know if there's other different videos, doctored videos. I don't know. Certainly, the video I'd heard. There was there was no issue, and as I say, I'd be amazed if you no know, players have been accused of something you no know, very serious uh, here, and you know, that also involves Stephen Gerrard, Ross Wilson, people like that. Um, I'd be amazed if there aren't repercussions off the back of this. Yeah, great. Right, okay, guys, thanks a lot for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Gordon, for coming on today. Good talking to you guys. All the best. Great. Thanks, Good Gordon. Thanks, Scott. Cheers. We'll be back next week to discuss all things Rangers. And don't forget, you can get in touch with your thoughts on any things that we've discussed today. You can contact Scott on at Scott McDermott 8 or myself on at Gavin Berry DR. Until next week, thank you. Thank you.